Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we're here with a former Kansas baseball pitcher. He was a third-round draft selection for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ever heard of him? It is my boy, Jackson Goddard. What is up, Jackson? What's up? Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate you doing this, man. And like I said, and just to give a little backstory on our relationship, our friendship here, what happened is you actually followed the podcast account first, which is just honestly, it just makes it just makes my day when I see a verified blue check mark follow me. <laughs> so how did you come across this just electric factory of a podcast? Uh, I came across this electric factory of a podcast uh, right after you interviewed Matt Tabor. Uh, he actually, he sent me, he DM'd me like the little clip of him talking about the, the, the dude that climbed up on the foul pole at one of our games. And then I was just looking into it and I saw that it was on your podcast. So I gave it a follow. You, you, you've interviewed a lot of, a lot of cool dudes and a lot of dudes that, uh, I've had some connections with. So I figured you were definitely, definitely worth the follow. <laughs> yeah. Usually we, uh, we, we pump our guest tires here, but you're just, con- you're just pumping my tires to start the episode off. And I love it. <laughs> You're just a little talking about, I mean, we've yeah. had big time guests, all that kind of stuff. And Tabor is how you pronounce his last name. And little does that guy know, he just forgot to correct me every time I'd say Tabor when I interview the guy. Like, literally, take this in. So I was on Instagram Live with this guy, and, like, we're chatting it up, and I call him Tabor. And he says, yo, like, you know how my last name is, like, Tabor, right? I'm like... What dude? I interviewed you. I said Tabber for a whole hour. You didn't say shit. And now, now we're gonna speak up in the third Instagram live we have on Sundays. It's incredible. Is that how you pronounced it, Tabber? When I first met him, I I said Tabber and I think Tabor before I I got to Tabor. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't even realize that that he didn't correct you. But yeah, I I got it wrong first too. If that if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> And I want to start this off here because I have a little bit of a question, maybe a conspiracy theory to pick with you here. So you went to Kansas, Big 12 school. We're going to call it a Big 12 powerhouse. But on an Instagram pick, okay. yes, on an Instagram pick yesterday or the day before, you are wearing an Oklahoma State golf shirt. So we're going to need you to discuss this. We're going to need you to kind of just knock this out before it gets public. I know I was. I was an Oklahoma State fan growing up, and – Honestly, like I once I went to KU, I stopped being an Oklahoma State fan. But I'm like a a very below average golfer, but I've had my 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 best rounds in that shirt. So I'm I'm willing to accept whatever criticism I get for wearing an Oklahoma State shirt for the the uh, su- like the uh, superstition that that makes my golf game better. But I was okay. an Oklahoma State fan growing up, so it's not completely random. But 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 yeah, I. That is my that's my favorite golf shirt. And being from Oklahoma, did they offer you out of high school, or or were they just like, no, nah, we don't want this guy. Let him go to Kansas. No, actually, a funny story. Uh, so my Spanish, my my high school Spanish teacher was the niece of the pitching coach, and, and Oklahoma State was like that was probably my number one school. I really wanted to play there. I would have gone there if they would have offered me. And she would occasionally come into Spanish class and be like. Hey, like, you know, like my uncle, like they're really interested in you. They really like you at Oklahoma State. And I'd be like, yeah, like tell them to hit me up. Like I, I liked them too, but they they never ended up contacting me. So I mean, it all it all worked out in the end. But yeah, that's that was my only real connection to to OSU baseball wise. It's through my sophomore year Spanish teacher. 
Imagine them like just, and we're a pro Oklahoma State podcast. I mean, we've had Jonathan Heasley on the podcast. We've had Donnie yeah. the Cowboy Walton. We've had a lot. There are a lot of my boys that are from Oklahoma State on this podcast. How do you think? How much do you think they screwed up not recruiting you, a guy that went third round in the draft? Whatever, big chunk of change in the bank account, big signing bonus, massive prospect for the Diamondbacks. Do you think a little part of them is saying, what the hell was I thinking not recruiting this guy out of Oklahoma who wanted to go here? Maybe. I think it probably took a little bit because my, my freshman year, I had like an ADRA and got shelled <laughs> by every team. They probably, they probably figured they saved some scholarship money then. But then my sophomore and junior, I pitched pretty well against them. So I, I, I maybe, they, maybe they thought they might have made a mistake. But at first, they probably thought they dodged a bullet my freshman year but <laughs> and we we have all had bad freshman years i mean my freshman year i believe i hit 164 168 in juco which is honestly yeah. pretty good if if it's golf the lower the score the better but the yeah. thing when you were struggling your freshman year what was kind of rolling through your head going into that sophomore summer like going into that sophomore summer you're about to go into your sophomore year you just had an 880 right which is about five times your body weight you're struggling a little bit here what do you what do you think's going on what's going through your head there going into that sophomore year i mean i'm honestly kind of glad glad that happened in hindsight i mean as, as shitty as it was going out there every saturday and sunday just getting absolutely rocked like i think it was a it was a good thing in hindsight because i mean out of high school i was in a position where i i could have got drafted I went into college thinking I was pretty good. My work ethic probably wasn't as good as it should have been, and I it was a harsh wake-up call. So I think that made me kind of develop the kind of work ethic that I knew it took to be successful, and that led to a successful sophomore year. So I think, I mean, if I would have gone in there freshman year thinking I was pretty good and then had a good year, it would have been hard for my, like, my work ethic probably wouldn't have changed. So in hindsight, it's probably a good thing that I had that wake-up call because it help me learn kind of what it takes to be successful at that level and then obviously when you get to pro ball you got to ramp it up another notch to be successful at that level but that was kind of the wake-up call that i needed to work harder than i had been working yeah okay i mean that's a great explanation because for me it just i i went in trained my ass off and still hit like shit which is some some may say it was destiny for me to do this some may say i was born for this some may say i was supposed to not go d1 <laughs> after college but uh, there's something yeah. else. I, there's something else I wanted to bring up here with you. On um, you, I, another conspiracy theory with you. I want you to nip this in the butt before Major League Baseball gets a hold of it. You're on the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's a picture of you on Instagram in a Texas Rangers jersey. Care to discuss this also? Because you are just you're just bandwagon jumping everywhere here. I mean, you're just wearing different team after different team here when you don't play for them. So what's the deal with that? All right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You did your research before this interview. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. But I was I was a Rangers fan my whole life growing up. Um, growing up, I was Rangers, OSU, Cowboys and uh, the Thunder. I've been getting called a bandwagon fan for the Cowboys my whole life, just even though that's the closest team to me and they they don't win. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's whatever. But I was the Rangers were my team growing up. Okay, and who who was like a guy on the Rangers that you you th you think you relate to, or a guy you looked up to as a kid? Uh, Michael Young was probably my favorite player of all time, honestly. Um, just because I grew up watching 
almost every Rangers game on Fox Sports Southwest, and he was like, during my lifetime, he was the shortstop for the Rangers pretty much the entire time until like I got into high school, then they had Elvis Andrews. But Michael Young was basically who I grew up watching. Okay, yeah, Michael Young's a good name for sure. And being a guy like from Toronto like me, um, I kind of grew up to hate the Texas Rangers. Like Odor, yeah. Bautista, that kind of beef, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Texas Rangers guy. We've never had a Texas Rangers guy on this podcast. Did a little part of you kind of hope, like, were the Rangers interested in you for the draft? Like, were they kind of chatting up with you, or didn't they show no interest? Um, I'm trying to remember. Not, I mean, not nearly as much interest as other teams. I think I probably met with their area scout, had, like, a meeting in the fall of my junior year, but they weren't one of the teams that I talked to a lot. But neither okay. were the Diamond. So, I mean, I don't like <laughs> No, it's true. You, you know, you, sometimes you go to teams that you you literally last expect. And what what were the teams yeah, I, that what what team were you like close to going to? Like you were like, if they get up, if they get, if I'm still available at this pick, I'm going here. What team was that like? What team was that for you? I thought that the that San Diego, in my mind, that was the team that liked me most. Actually, what was interesting is uh, during the Big Twelve Championship. San Diego had their GM and like all their all their kind of big dogs there to watch me pitch. And it was probably my my junior. It was probably my best outing of the year. And we played we played like the one o'clock game that day. And at seven o'clock, it was like the Texas Tech game. During that game, I actually in like the outfield outfield like picnic table at Bricktown Ballpark in OKC. I met with the San Diego GM and the cross checker and like all basically all their guys that they had in town. While Texas Tech was playing, interestingly enough, uh, and you know it was a probably an hour long meeting or whatever during that game, and with the pick in the third round that the, the Padres took the Grant Little out of real, like outstanding player out of Texas Tech, uh, they took him with their third round pick, <laughs> and what was interesting about it is they were they were meeting with me actually while Grant Little was playing. So either they were, either they already knew that he was their guy at that point, or just some somebody talked somebody in their in their draft room talked talked them out of picking me. But but yeah, that was that that's what I thought was interesting. But Grant Little's a great player, one of the better hitters I, I faced in college. But my my analogy of that is is maybe that they were playing hard to get with Grant Little, like they were interviewing you to kind of show Grant Little, like, hey, like, listen, we we're not interested in you, but little were they little did he know they were looking at the corner of her eye watching his abs or watching whatever yeah. he was doing. Maybe that's yeah, what was going on. He might have been their guy the whole time, but yeah, in my mind, that was that was the team that I thought probably had the highest probability of taking me but i mean the draft's so unpredictable that realistically i knew that they could it could be anyone that day and hand up to me i didn't look at your kansas stat i didn't really like look that deep in your kansas stats so your junior year to go third round out of college which is impressive in its own right to go third round sign for a pretty chunk of change how good were you your junior year like what was going right for your junior year or do you just throw gas and they were like we need this arm on our on our roster I don't actually interesting enough inter- interestingly enough probably my sophomore year was my best year at KU I was actually hurt for most of the year in my junior year um, I made like four starts at the start of the year and pitched very average against very average teams 
And I tore my oblique. I was out for most of the year and made four or five starts after I came back. And those were like my best starts of the year, except for one of them, West Virginia. They, they got me. But other than that, I pitched much, much better coming off the injury. And I think those last two or three outings are probably why I was drafted so high. Because until that point, I really hadn't, I didn't show much at the start of the year. And then obviously I was hurt for most of the year. But my last two or three outings I pitched, probably the best I've, I, I've ever pitched. And that's probably what helped me out the most. Oh, for sure. I, for sure. It's it just like it, all it takes is like you got to just have a couple good appearances in front of a couple scouts and you'll your stock will go up. Was a part of you yeah. saying was a part of you saying when you went into college or university or even like going into your sophomore or junior year was a part of you like, you know what, man, I might have an opportunity here to go pretty high in the drop. Um, before that. Go, I would say after my freshman year, I. I didn't, my confidence was probably at an all-time low. I didn't think I was very good at baseball at, at that point, really. And then after my sophomore year, when I had a really, I had a good year and I started getting some attention and stuff, I kind of had a sense that I could go pretty high. And when you went to Kansas, and I, I wanted to ask this question because one of my buddies, he, play, he used to play baseball for Texas Southern, Keanu, shout out Keanu. Um, did you get a chance to play Texas Southern when you were at Kansas? Okay. Yeah, we actually we played them my sophomore and my junior year. Pitched against them both years, actually. Uh, my sophomore year, I pitched pretty well against them. My junior year, I'm pretty sure I like walked the bases loaded in the first inning, and then like threw like a hundred pitches, hundred pitches through three or four innings. So, I, uh, so I, I don't I don't even remember if we won the game my junior year, but I think I pitched good against them once and bad against them once. Oh, that's all right. Well, I'll take 50% for sure, especially in the yeah. game of baseball. And I wanted to ask about Kansas because you're the first guy that we've ever had at Kansas. And I am just fascinated with that school. I mean, you got the you got the basketball team that's a powerhouse. Like, they're a power, considered a power five school, which, I mean, they haven't yeah. been winning that much lately. But what is Can- what is the University of Kansas like off the baseball field? Like, is it a sick party school, like with a lot of frats, all that kind of stuff? No, it's a it's a really fun school. Um, it can it it can be dangerous as a as playing playing uh, playing sports there because it is a really fun school and there's a lot of, a lot of temptation off the field. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed my time there. It's a it's a fun school, uh, fun people. I had a lot of friends that went there because it's not too far away from my high school, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I love that you just threw in there. You enjoyed yourself. That's the cool way. Like that's a big league way of saying, like, you know what? I got after it a couple nights, which is incredible. That's what we're trying to show on this podcast. <laughs> you guys just get after it. You don't just play baseball twenty four seven, man. You guys get after it off the field. What is like? <laughs> l- 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 let's learn about the bars and the the town and and and, and of Kansas. Kansas isn't a town. I don't know why I said that, but anyways, what like what's the bar to go? Like what's the go to? bar in kansas you take me out to kansas what's the bar you're taking me to that's going to be popping for sure if you're going to be there for for one night i would probably take you to a a place called the hawk uh me and you would definitely be the oldest people there i mean even not using a fake id but even once you turn 21 you're you're pushing being too old for the hawk (laughs) but but but, uh i i would say that that probably just one night at the Hawk probably encapsulates like the the nightlife at the University of Kansas. But there's also a place called the the Wheel that's a uh, been around forever. It's a famous bar uh, in Lawrence. A lot of people know about the Wheel. But yeah, there's there's basically just three bars all in the same kind of vicinity. That that's where everybody usually goes. And then all the 
whatever frat houses are down the down the street from those and stuff like that. Yeah, and I wanted to nip this in the butt before people roast me for calling Kansas a city. I meant the city that the University of Kansas is in, which is in Lawrence, like you just stated. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were the baseball games like at Kansas? Was, was it getting rowdy or was it like, was it packed? Was it jam packed? What was going on there? Well, the thing about playing baseball in Kansas is it's so cold that the weather's really not nice enough for like the casual fan to come out until like probably mid to late April. So, I mean, for the first like month to two months of the season, it, it was just absolutely freezing. And we would have like it would be like parents and like the the diehard fans there. But uh, once the weather got nice, the fans started to show up, and it was a pretty good baseball atmosphere. But I, if I was a casual fan, I probably wouldn't go to this game in March and in February, just with the with the weather there. It's brutal at the start of the year. What was your favorite field to visit in the Big Twelve, or just in general? What was the what was your favorite university that you visited as a Kansas Jayhawk? I thought the 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 prettiest ballpark was Baylor, um, but in terms of atmosphere, probably Texas Tech was uh, the closest thing to like a SEC atmosphere. Um, TCU was good, Texas was good, but I would say Texas Tech probably had the best fans in the Big Twelve. And who's the best college player that that you went up against? Are you talking pitchers? We can do both. Give me a pitcher and a hitter. The best pitcher and hitter you've seen in the Big 12. The best hitter I faced was probably Steel Walker from Oklahoma, in my opinion. He's with the White Sox now. Um, I thought he was the toughest guy to face always in college. Uh, And pitcher, honestly, Nolan Kingham was really good. Uh, I liked watching him pitch. He always, I'm pretty sure he dominated us all three years. He, He faced us. And probably my favorite pitcher to watch in the Big 12 was Durbin Feltman out of TCU. He's with the Red Sox now. He was the closer, but he was electric. Kingham was really good. I liked watching Kingham pitch. Yeah, like, we're, like I said, when you come on this podcast, man, we pump your tires. So that's what we do here, man. So just so you do know that, like I said, if anyone comes at you, they're dead to me. Just straight up. When you make it to the show, I'm just roasting guys that come at you. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I appreciate it. <laughs> And then, so you get drafted, like I said, third round, pretty good, pretty high up. What what has your minor league career been like so far? Uh, yeah, this last year was my first full full minor league season. Um, it it's definitely been a grind, just in terms of the 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 schedule and everything. But I definitely can't I can't call it as much of a grind as some people have can call it because I've been at two really really good affiliates. Hillsborough, my first year in short season was awesome. And then last year in Kane County, like Chicago area, it was a super cool setup. We were close to the city. Uh, so it was two really good affiliates. But, I mean, in terms of the schedule, it, it definitely is a grind. But, I mean, at the same time, you compare it to what else you could be doing post-college. And it's I'll take that over anything any day. So as much of a grind as it is, I uh, I, I enjoy it and I, I like it and I compare it to what I could be doing. That makes it worth it every day. You were part of, sorry, that team where the fan climbed the foul pole. You were there for that, like you said earlier with Tabor. Yeah. Describe that story from your angle because Tabor said that you guys were egging this guy on and this guy was blackout drunk, which is hilarious and electric <laughs> in its own right. What happened just from your side of the story? 
I mean, it, I'm sure Tabor probably told you about it as, as clearly as it was. It, these guys were just kind of talking to us the whole game. They were they were on a bachelor party or something. I can't remember exactly why they were there. I don't know what kind of bachelor party brings you to a Beloit Snappers game in, in late July. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they were talking to us basically the whole game. And one of the, we're like the, the bullpen there is just basically way down in the corner, kind of hidden from everything else. So we were like nobody could see us. Like we were just kind of messing around the whole game. And one of the guys had the idea to climb the foul pole and we were all for it. We were like, yeah, dude, do it. Like, this is like, it's your bachelor party. Like you have to. And and then, yeah, push came to shove and the guy was on top of the foul pole. And there's like 12 people at those games, like no security. There's really no one to enforce, like bringing them down unless like the home plate umpire got involved or something. But like he was chilling chilling up there for a good, like two or three innings. Like, I actually respect the strength that it takes, the core strength to stay up there. Like people forget that. Like he, he probably had. I'm. It's probably liquid courage, but he probably had the core strength to be able to stand up there. That's immaculate, like world class core strength. No, 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 no. It was, it was really impressive. Like there's absolutely no, no way in hell I could have done that sober, and he did it just like absolutely blacked out. Like it was, it was impressive. <laughs> And yeah, and we, I wanted to go in to what you said about the minor leagues not being that much of a grind. I wanted to pump your tires here a little bit. You had a 2.84 ERA last year, I believe it was, which is incredibly good, especially for a guy's first year in the minors. What was going right for you last year? And am I, and am I right with the 2.84 ERA or am I just screwing it up? I think you're close. I know it was a little bit below three. I don't know the exact number but you might be right. Um, I honestly think just last year, I was a lot more consistent from outing to outing. Uh, Obviously, I had some outings where I was really dominant and some outings where I was absolute dog shit. But like, for the most part, I was able to get a little more of a sense of like, you kind of knew what you were going to get every outing. I was either a little bit above average or a little bit below average, which is, I mean, that's pretty normal for a pitcher making... 30 starts or whatever it is you want to be pretty consistent from outing to outing whereas in college it was a little more of like a a Jameis Winston where like I would either go out there and just absolutely dominate and be lights out or like I would walk the bases loaded in the first inning and be out of the game by like the two and a third inning it's like it was but last year I was able to develop a lot more consistency from outing to outing okay did you ever get roasted in college by a coach like or high school, like what's the funniest story that you have, or the funniest interaction you have with a coach, where you just got you you felt like like you were one foot tall, like you just felt like you were the smallest person on the planet because you just got torched by a coach. That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, God, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure my freshman year at KU. Uh, oh yeah, this is a going. So my freshman year at KU, towards the end of the year, it was my. I'd just been getting it. I pitched pretty well in non-conference, and then in Big Twelve play, I was just a human batting tee, just week <laughs> after week. And I think we. It was like late May. Like we we were going to be the one team that wasn't going to make the Big Twelve tournament. Because uh, we were in last place in the Big 12. I got, like, shelled my second-to-last outing of the year. And it was, like, the bullpen. 
it was like the my bullpen day leading into the last outing and i like assumed i was making my regular saturday start or whatever it was and i was like telling my pitching coach what i was going to work on in my bullpen he was just like he's like ah you don't need to throw a bullpen if you don't want to and i was like oh like why not and he was like you are not pitching <laughs> this last <laughs> weekend like, he was like we're letting a senior get that start <laughs> like and then i i don't i, I didn't touch the mound my last week into the year but but yeah that that was the point where i was like all right i gotta make a change for next year like I, i'm asked <laughs> dude it's just incredible that he openly just said to you like dude you're not even sniffing the mound like just maybe (laughs) bring a couple bring a couple Michelob Ultras to the bullpen because you're not even coming close to the field like you hate to see it it's just it's a so now you understood what I feel because usually when I was in college when I go to the field like I would just know like listen I'm not getting an AB this weekend like I, I would just I would I would just know like listen I'm gonna I'm taking BP for fun right now like this is for fun yeah. because I'm not even gonna get close to touching the baseball field yeah I mean yeah I was going into that bullpen like yeah I'm gonna work on my curveball kind of throwing it for a strike like strike one he's like get deep. just relax man like you don't have anything <laughs> <laughs> and d- so did a little part of you say like when you got drafted you're like i kind of went from a guy that our coach didn't want even remotely close to the mound to a guy that it went in the third round like how crazy of a transition is that like that's just incredible right yeah i mean it just i mean it just kind of opened my eyes to like kind of the work it takes to be good because i mean it's like it's not like I was any less talented my freshman year. I just like didn't know what it took to be a good pitcher at that level. And I was able to develop a work ethic and it kind of showed me what that can lead to just by putting in more work and kind of knowing yourself better and just having confidence to be a better pitcher. And like I said, last year, it just, all of it came together, man. I mean, two, eight, four ERA, which is, we're going to claim it here. That's what your ERA was. I'm pretty sure, (laughs) which is insane. Was there any starts last year that you had where you're like, I like this, I'm a dog. Like in a little in your head, you're like, I'm a dog. No one could touch my stuff today. Did you have any starts like that last year? Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of the, the mindset I try to take into every outing because I mean, in my mind, if you don't have the mentality that you're the best player on the field, then kind of what are you doing? Like, obviously like realistically I can, if I'm, I can detach from the situation and look and be like, yeah, like I'm probably not the most talented player on the field, but if, if you can get yourself in that mindset that you're better than every other player on the field, then I think that's the best mindset to be in going to a game. And obviously it didn't always work out. I mean, sometimes I didn't execute well, there's good hitters on the other side and just, I got my ass kicked, but I tried to get myself into that mindset before every outing. Was there, okay, we're going to switch up the question here. Was there any starts last year that you pitched and you're like, I am throwing like a D3 Juco or NCAA scrub right now. I have nothing going for me. I'm getting shelled. Let's, let's describe that appearance then. Yeah, actually a funny story. So we played, it was like a, April like it was like mid to late April like very start of the season we're playing up in Wisconsin uh and there's a there's a guy named uh, I'm blanking on his name but it's like a little lefty for Wisconsin Brewer single a affiliate and in the first inning he took me deep for like a three-run home run uh and then he comes up again and like I, I was I'm struggling like I load the bases in the second inning he comes up again I think with two guys on again takes me deep again 
So I, I gave up like <laughs> seven or eight runs laughing. And I was in the I was in the dugout after that game, like, dude, like that guy is the truth. Like that guy, like he may be small, but like that guy has juice. Like he's gonna lead the league in home runs. And then we played them again the last series of the year. It's like September third. We played them again. And he comes up to the plate and on the scoreboard it shows his stats and he has three home runs on the year. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I gave up two of those in like in a 45 minute span. Like, Oh dude, that's incredible. In your head, you're like, this guy's Christian Yelich. And little do you know, you look up at, you look up at the scoreboard. He has three nukes the whole year and two of them are against you. That's that, that sucks. That's terrible. Yeah, I was sitting there after that. I didn't like. Damn. I was like, "Damn, like maybe that guy's on like a rehab assignment or something. Like he might be in the league by the end of the year." <laughs> <laughs> we need to find this guy, man. We need to get. I, I think it'd be hilarious if I got his like side of the story, and we just kind of like put you and him like both of the clips beside each other, and just heard what he was thinking when he goes up to bat against you. First ball, first one, he hits a bomb. Second one, he hits a grand slam. Four, uh, seven RBIs and two ABs, which is pretty good. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that guy has the most success on you in the minor leagues? I mean, we have to say that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I, I wish I could remember his name. I mean, if you went up and look up the box score of the first time we played the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, you could find him. He hit two bombs off me. But yeah, the the next time we played them, like he would come up and my teammates would be like, "Hey, Jackson, like that's your dad hitting." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that I, that is incredible. And let, let's talk about Tabor here. I I I. Tyler Osick said that Tabor is like a young Walker Bueller on the mound. What is what is Matt like? Because I've heard urban legends about this guy on the bump. Is he as nasty as everyone says he is? And let's pump his tires a little bit, maybe chirp him a little bit here. No, he's gross. He's he's really, really good. And his work ethic is really good. But, like, he him on his start days is probably the closest thing to, like, a diagnosed psychopath that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> What does he do? What does he do? His, I mean, it's a good thing. It works for him, but his routines are just crazy. Like he'll like, like stuff that you, you don't even realize he's doing and like has a purpose. Like he'll strategically place his like sweatshirt somewhere. And if you move, like move it a little bit, he'll just start losing his mind, like going off on you. Like every inning in between innings, he pulls out this notebook and he's like writing like legitimately probably like, at least 200 words in between every inning in this notebook and like dude his he's crazy on his start days but it works for him he's he's really good he's had two like two or three great years in the minors like it works for him so i i respect it but he's <laughs> I, I stay away from him on his start days he uh, he's the kind of guy like you've heard stories about like roy holiday roy holiday was a psycho on his start days which i've heard like when he was with the blue jays and phillies and those are the kind of guys that you kind of have to be born like that. You can't just kind of adopt it. I mean, it's like he's a straight – like, I mean, just based off the stories that you've told me and other guys told me about this guy on his start days, he just sounds like a full-blown psychopath, which is fine, which is what yeah. you sometimes need to be a big leaguer. Yeah. And what what would you do against him in the batter's box? Like, let's say, let's say we get Jackson going up against uh, our boy Tabor here. What are you doing in the batter's box against him, and what pitches do you think you could hit off of him? That I could hit off of him? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't hit off of him. I couldn't hit off of anyone, though. That's not like a... 
me me <laughs> gassing up Tabor. Like I would I would probably str- I like I'm not looking forward to hitting. I hope they adopt this universal DH thing and it just trickles down through the minors. But <laughs> do you think you do you think you'd be the most embarrassing pi- uh, pitcher that hit in the major leagues when you get there, like Bartolo no, Colon style? No, not the most embarrassing, but I wouldn't like it, like. I'd be in a, like, I wouldn't, I'm trying to think how to word it. I would be definitely be on the bottom 10 to 20%. Like, I wouldn't be like, I don't even know if I could, I could be like serviceable, like bunting runners over. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible how honest that is. Like, you're pretty much just saying here, like, listen, Diamondbacks, like, if they don't adopt this universal DH, I'm screwed straight up. Like, if they don't adopt this DH, you guys better just, pinch hit me every single time or put me in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I should probably use this quarantine to start at least learning how to bunt or something. But yeah, no, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> and I wanted to ask uh, a question about another guy that you play with, and he has the most impressive name in baseball, and I need him on this podcast. So I, I, if you could kind of make that happen, that'd be incredible. His He goes by the name of Blaze Alexander, just an yeah. electric big league name. The guy has 17,000 followers on Instagram. I'm craving this guy on the podcast. What is our boy what is our boy Blaze like? Oh, dude, Blaze would Blaze would be your most entertaining podcast guest. I was roommates with him in spring training last year. I have I have a lot of Blaze stories. Um I, dude, I don't know where to begin. I'll just like I'll work on getting him on the podcast. But like he would be he would be an entertaining guest. I like the thing about that is, is like he has a name where if your parents name you that you have to be a big leaguer like that yeah. name is just it's so big league blaze like take that in like this guy walks around school when he's 12 years old he's that kid he's the kid yeah. every girl wants to be with he's the guy every guy wants to be am I right like just blaze like it's the coolest name yeah. ever no he has a cool name he has a really cool name yeah no he's cool I, blaze is one of my better friends yeah I was roommates with him during spring training and that was definitely a interesting time period but yeah boys is cool i'll try to i'll try to work on getting them on here and blaze this is our pitch right here i mean this is the most electric baseball podcast on the planet <laughs> in my opinion not to be biased but like i said we've had your boys here we're pro arizona diamondbacks but like i said blaze let's get it going here and what do you think blaze because blaze is a hitter right just so i don't like an idiot blaze is a hitter yeah what is he doing in the box against you and has he faced you no i haven't faced him but i'm sure he would be taking hacks he takes he takes hacks. <laughs> what he does. Is he 100% all the time when he swings? Is it just like I'm swinging out of my ass every single time? No, he takes hacks, yeah. He hits some of the most impressive home runs on our team for sure. He takes hacks. So I mean it it would more it would honestly more depend on me. If I executed pitches, I think I'd get him if I made a mistake, he might he might disgrace my name with with a <laughs> home run. And what do you think is cooler in your opinion, being a guy that's a pitcher and you like I like you said, you're not really you can't really hit that well. What do you think in your opinion is cooler? Is throwing like a hundred and two mile fastball to close a game in the bottom of the ninth against the hitter, or just launching a walk-off bomb like four or or just not we're not gonna say walk-off bomb because obviously it's gonna be the walk-off bomb, but but just hitting a home run like four hundred and fifty feet, like long gone, way out of the field, embarrassing the pitcher's family. Um, well, obviously, I don't know what it's like to do either of those things, but if I had, if I had to guess, I would probably think that hitting a 450-foot bomb is probably more satisfying, but I don't know. 
That's a respectable answer. And, and I just think just coming at it from a pitcher's perspective, just the satisfaction of blowing a fastball got by a guy. I've never done it. Has to just be the coolest thing of all time, right? Yeah, no, that's that's the best feeling in baseball for me. But I also don't really know what it's like to 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 hit a home run off mm-hmm. of somebody not throwing like seventy three miles per hour in high school. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a point there, man. I mean, you have a point. It's definitely a little bit of difference. And I want to bring a couple more things up here. Apparently, that apparently the minor league baseball might just be in my opinion, diminished if Major League Baseball comes back. There's not going to be a, like a, a potential way to have Minor League Baseball this year, right? What are your thoughts on just having a kind of development camp at a big league spring training facility, just you going up against your own team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, everyone wants to be at the affiliates, playing in front of fans and, and, and whatever, but obviously that's probably not an option this year. Um, but... I mean, in terms of a development standpoint and an advancement standpoint, where where you are really doesn't matter as much as how like how much you can get better at your craft and advance in becoming a better pitcher. Like whether you're at the spring training facility playing against your own guys or whether you're at a minor league affiliate and wherever you are, I mean, the goal is to to develop your skills to the point where you're a major league player. And I think you can pretty much do that the same way, no matter where you are. So obviously it, it kind of sucks not being able to play a traditional minor league season, but if you approach it the right way, I think you can make the same kind of strides as, as you would otherwise. Honestly, man, I just want baseball back, bro. Like, yeah, I do too. I'm so tired of this stuff. Like literally, like I love Korean. Like I can watch the Korean baseball league. I, like Nick <laughs> Kingham, we're a pro Nick Kingham podcast. He's a pitcher in the Korean baseball yeah. league. I just need baseball back, man. Like I just, I, I need it back so bad. And obviously, I'm a little biased because this is a baseball podcast. But hopefully, yeah. they figure that that shit out, man, soon. Because right. yeah, if, yep. if, if if it's not figured out, like this is just gonna be shit. We're missing Mike Trout's prime years. We're missing we're missing Vladdy yeah. launch baseballs into orbit. Have you guys yeah. had meetings and all that kind of stuff yet? Or I'm, I mean, I'm pretty in the dark, uh, as I'm sure pretty much most people at this point that would tell you they know any inside information is probably lying. I really haven't heard much. Uh, I just, I mean, obviously I look on Twitter every day for any insight as to when we, we might be doing something, but I mean, honestly, I hope I know baseball has a lot of, every sport has a lot of hurdles to jump before they're able to come back, but I just hope something NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever it is, something comes back this summer because from a selfish standpoint, I, I hope something comes back so that football starts on time too. Cause I think <laughs> yeah. just, if one league can figure it out and make their return, I think that'll kind of lay the groundwork for everybody else. But I mean, someone's got, someone's got to be first and it looks like major league baseball is working really hard to try to get back, which is, which is good. And hopefully they'll, these meetings this week will go well and they'll make some strides. But yeah, I mean, I really haven't heard, heard much. If they take away football and college football, man, I will. I I don't know what I literally punch myself in the face as hard as humanly possible because I'll have nothing else to do. Like, I, I yeah. could you imagine not? Could you imagine going into the fall and you don't have college football or NFL? Couldn't be me. Couldn't be my life. Don't ever yeah. think about doing that to me. I would be dead inside. I really would be, man. Yeah. That's like that's the worst possible scenario, right? I mean, horrible. Yeah. No. For sure. Yeah. I think. I mean, as long as I think if something can can find a way to come back this summer that'll help football a lot but 
if we're counting on football being the first thing to come back, I think that that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Very true. And this is my last question before we end the podcast off. This is a little bit of a funny question here that I usually ask guys that do this. I was creeping your Instagram, obviously, doing my research. And you're a headband guy when you work out and, and uh, throw little bullpens. Do you think that wearing a headband, and this is just this is me doing science, do you think wearing a headband ad, adds velocity or just adds a little bit more weight lifted when you're doing a squat or a bench press or anything like that? Because I, I, I think it does. I think it does, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think it adds a little bit more on your squat and bench. In terms of velocity, I don't know. I've, <laughs> dude, I, I vary so much on my bullpens that I... I, I I need to start keeping track of whether I'm wearing a headband or not, but like sometimes I'm just like maxed out like 86 and then so, sometimes I'm like 95, 94, 95, but I, I, dude, I don't know. Like maybe I need to start tracking what I'm, what I'm wearing that day. But. What's the, what's the fastest you've hit in the, on, on the gun? Like what's the peak fastball velocity for, for Jackson Goddard? I think a Kansas, maybe, 9798 um that's usually in like one inning stints uh usually when i'm starting i can't really get it up that much um or else i'll be throwing like 87 by the second inning but but i think probably 9798 is the highest i've hit on a gun that's i'll take that 10 times out of 10 that's just straight gasolina <laughs> like i mean that's like that's very fast and before we end this i wanted to ask you something else I looked at your Instagram. There is a picture. I don't know what jerseys these are. Maybe you get a background on this. Your team, I believe last year, 20, no, 2018, you guys were wearing these nasty, these unreal red jerseys with red yeah, vintage yeah. stirrups. Those are the nicest jerseys I've ever seen, in my opinion. Those are just unbelievable. What's the background on that? What, what team is that and where are those jerseys? Because I need a hat. So that was in Hillsboro. Uh, Hillsboro Hops, they're the sh- – short season team up in like the portland area i don't want to be quoted on this because i don't know all the background but there was a team called the portland mavericks back in the 70s or 80s there's a netflix documentary about them and i can't like i should know because i wore their uniform i don't know all the history on them but there's a netflix documentary about a team called the portland mavericks they were called like the battered bastards of baseball and we would wear their uniforms every monday but I don't. I wish I knew the backstory on them. I'm not confident enough to to <laughs> throw up this podcast and be wrong. But yeah, it was a it was it was a Portland area team from the 70s and 80s that we would wear their uniforms, and that was the, it was like the exact uniforms that they wore, the all reds. They were cool. They were fun to wear. Yeah, those are. I mean, like we're speaking about adding velocity. When you wear those uniforms, it's just electric. <laughs> I mean, it's just all day. You know, like you're you're just you look good, right? You look good. You play good, right? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there you have it, folks. Like I said, a guy that's going to be pitching in Arizona very soon. You look at his stats. He puts up the big boy numbers. 2.84 ERA. That's what you want to see from a guy in your organization. That's a guy you want to see on the mound that's going to be carving people up, making them look like me in the batter's box. It was a pleasure to do this, man, with future Arizona Diamondback, third-round draft pick, former Kansas Jayhawk, Big 12 guy, Our guy, Jackson Goddard, man. I appreciate you doing this, bro. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. 
and follow us on Twitter at official on official pod and on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you. Mm-hmm.